Welcome back, everyone. To this is the second part of Talmud Esos Firot. Last time we talked about returning light, which is what ties uh, the vessel after the contraction, after the creation of the masach or the screen, to the endless light, even though there has been this separation, this removal of the light from the vessel. And today we're going to talk more about the vessel itself after the contraction, how the different worlds were were created, how the different vessels are created. So, just recapping part of the Ari that we did last time. The main idea of this tying and this closeness of the create of this emanated circle to the endless light. Is through the line that we've talked about. Through that line, the light from the endless light is drawn and sustains the circle. And remember, when we're talking about lines and circles, we're not talking about physical lines and circles, we're talking about metaphorical ones. Why? What's the metaphor? Circle usually refers to bigger things, closer to an endless type of mindset, and line is a finite mindset. Okay. Into Ravashlag. The reason that it must come through the line is that since there is no screen in the circular vessels, that will return, that will have returning light. And because of this, there is no tie from the circular vessels to the endless. The linear vessel is called, as we've talked before, it's called a pipe. That's the name we give it. And it's much lower, spiritually lower, than these circular vessels. That were revealed with the first contraction, meaning there will be a second one, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But before the line was created, so we have endless light, the contraction, the light leaves the vessel, which is when the circular vessels are revealed. And then once the light leaves the vessel, the vessel still needs a way to receive light, but it can't do it the way it used to. So we have the line. That's how the circular vessels receive light, through the linear vessels. And because of this, the Ari is telling us, even though the circular vessels are on a much higher spiritual level than the line, they don't get any light through themselves, meaning they don't get any light directly from the endless. They must receive all of their light. They must receive all of their light through this linear vessel that is that is smaller than them, that is lower than them. Why? Because the linear vessel has the masach, it has the screen, that has the returning light, which means it has the ability to still get light from the endless in this new system post-tzimtzum, post-contraction. The circular vessels don't have a masach, they have no way to connect to the endless light in this post-tzimtzum world. Continuing with the Ari. The endless surrounds surrounds it on all its sides, meaning this these circular vessels, this whole new system that we've created. The endless still surrounds it. Remember, we said the contraction was this tiny little opening in the middle, and then it expanded. So the endless light is still surrounding it on all sides. Because just like the vessel is circular, why is the vessel circular? It was made from the endless. And remember, when we say circular, we don't mean the real shape. We're talking about this endless concept. So the endless light 
because of its endlessness, we call it a circle, because there's no ends in a circle. So we have the circular vessel is also circle, and we have the endless light around it, but it's far away. What does that mean, far away? We don't mean physical distance. We mean there's a big change in form. Because it must be that the shining of the endless light, the way that the endless light makes it to the emanated beings, any emanated being, is through this line, and only this line. If the endless light were to come from all around, the emanated ones would take on the form of the emanator, and there would be no difference, meaning the only thing that makes an emanated thing an emanated thing is its separation from the emanator. The only thing that makes me, this desk, this microphone, separate from the creator, from the emanator, is the fact that they are changed in form. It's somehow different. That's what separation is in spirituality. Now we're turning to Rav Ashlag to help us understand what the Ali said. In every spiritual level, called Sfira, there's two types of light. So now I have more terminology for you to have in your spiritual dictionary. We have inner light and surrounding light. The light that is within the Sfira, within the vessel of the Sfira, that's called inner light. And the light that is not able to dress itself within the Sfira, because of the, the barrier that is there, what's the barrier? We call it the Masach. We, call, we say we're calling that phenomenon, that it stayed at its source, meaning what? That the light stays with the endless, but it's surrounding everything, like the Ali said. So how does, how does the Sfira receive this light? It's called shining from afar, is the literal translation. We're meant to understand, this is not a physical distance. It still kind of receives it, but because of the change in form, it's not a direct connection. That's what we call surrounding light. So Oprimi is the direct is this light that the Sfirah receives directly and it's within it. And O Mekif is this surrounding light that's indirect. And the Ari is telling us that even though the circular vessels are far away, meaning has have a vast change in form from the endless. Even though they have this big change in form, they still receive this distant sustenance, this distant light from the endless. Which is called surrounding light. So now we, we, have, we already established there's inner light and surrounding light. Now we're going to divide surrounding light into two categories. We have general surrounding light and we have specific surrounding light. What exactly does that mean? We'll get into in the future. For now, it's terminology to keep in mind so that you'll be able to understand what we talk about later on. The sovev, the word sovev, which means to circle around. Refers to these general this general idea of surrounding light, umekif, and the word surrounding. I know it sounds like it sounds very similar in English, but the two there's sovev, which means to circle, mekif means to surround. It's two terms for two types of surrounding light, mekif al mekif apratim. So when we use the term sovev, that's general surrounding light. When we use the term mekif. That's specific surrounding light. (laughs) 
משמענו אשר עומק זה שהעיגולים מקבלים מאין סוף. So now, when the Aris said that the light is around the vessel, what does that mean? Around the circular vessels, the endless is around the circular vessels. משמענו אשר עומק זה שהעיגולים מקבלים מאין סוף. This surrounding light that the circular vessels receive from the endless, מאיר וסובב עליהם מכל צדדיו, is shining and, and circling around them on all sides. כלומר, מכל דלת הבחינות, through all four phases, דהיינו אפילו בבחינה דלת, even in the fourth phase. Why, is, why should this be a surprise? We just got finished saying when we were talking about the contraction that the, life, the light left the fourth phase. There was no way for light to get to the fourth phase. And that's true for direct light. The direct light through the line only goes to phase three, and it doesn't reach phase four. But we're talking about the circular vessels, and this is what makes them unique. The surrounding light, this indirect light, actually reaches from afar. It's not a direct thing. It's not as, as fulfilled as it was before the contraction. But there is this concept of surrounding light that reaches the fourth phase of the circular vessels. The direct light doesn't shine there. So the direct light doesn't, doesn't make it there. But through this distance shining of the light, through this mass, it's traversing this spiritual distance between the endless and the circular vessels, it reaches the fourth phase. And he's telling us the reason, the Ali. The endless is also within the concept of circularity. We said in the, in the beginning of the whole class, we said that the endless light is a circular light. Because there's no difference between the phases within the endless. And it shines to and fulfills even the fourth phase. So yes, the, the circular vessels and the endless light are vastly different in form, but they do share one similarity. They're both within the same concept of being circular. So because of this similarity, the surrounding light is able to reach the fourth phase of the circular vessels. Remember, closeness, connection, in spirituality is not about physical distance, it's about similarity in form. And because the circular vessels have this small similarity in form with the endless, they are able to receive the surrounding light to their fourth phase. Moving on. Now, when the Ari said that if the endless were to go through all the sides, then there would be no more separation between the emanator and the emanated. Use the word gvul vekitzva, there would be no border and no end. Meaning, the contraction and the masach, the screen, that were made over, that were made on onto the fourth phase, right over the fourth phase, so that the light couldn't get there. That's what puts a border, a barrier, on the light. Why is it called a border? Because it stops it right there. Right before the phase four, it says the light can spread up until there through the first three phases, but it stops at phase four. And this general idea of the receiving of the receiving force of the emanated that was diminished through the contraction through the tzimtzum is called kitzva, an end. So this contraction, what happened to the emanated, is called an end. Back to the Ali. This first circle that is closest to the endless. We said before that there are a bunch of concentric circles. Those are the circular vessels. So the one that's closest to the endless, on the outside. 
We're giving it a name now. It's called Keter of Adam Kadmon. We're going to throw a lot of these terms in the next few paragraphs, and I just want to make sure that you don't get too lost. So remember, there are ten sfirot, Keter, Chochma, Bina, Chesed, Gvoa, Tiferet, Netzach, Hod, Yesod, Malchut. And there are five systems that we're going to talk about over the course of the class. Adam Kadmon, Atzilut, Bria, Yetzirah, Asiya. These are basically just terms that we're going to be using to describe the different vessels and the different worlds that are created after the contraction. So this first circle is called Keter of Adam Kadmon. It's the highest Sfirah, the first Sfirah of the first world, Adam Kadmon. And after that circle is revealed, the line is drawn a little bit more, and then it goes and becomes a circle again. And I want to make sure you don't think that the line is flattening out and becoming a circle and then becoming a line again. We'll explain exactly what's going on when we get to Ravashlag. We have a second circle inside the first circle. That second circle is called Chokhmah of Adam Kadmon. So we have Keter of Adam Kadmon and within it Chokhmah of Adam Kadmon. The line continues to spread downwards. And we have another circle. And we have a third circle inside the second circle. And this circle we're going to call This is Bina of Adam Kadmon. And through this we have, we're going to create ten concentric circles. So first circle, Ketel, Chochma, Bina, and the tenth circle, Malchut Adam Kadmon. It's going to be called Malchut of Adam Kadmon. So we have ten concentric circles, all within the world of Adam Kadmon. And through this, we have explained the concept of ten sfirot through. The, ten the creation of the ten circles, the ten concentric circles. So now, in order to understand what exactly happened here, because we know we're not talking about physical circles, let's return to Ravashlag. We have to understand the differences. That we use to talk about the ten sfirot. So there's different names that we use for this, for this ten sfirot system. And depending on the name, you know what aspect we're talking about. Sometimes we talk, we talk about the four phases. And sometimes we're going to talk about them through the levels of the soul. There are five levels of the soul. Starting from the lowest, it's nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, yechida, Acronym for it, Naran Chai, Nun Reish Nun, Chet Yud. That's the acronym for those five levels. Upam Mechanimotan, Beshem Keter Chochma Bina, Zeran Pin HaKolel Ba'atzmo Shesh Sfirot Malchut. And sometimes we talk about it with the names of the ten Sfirot. And then also sometimes we take six of the Sfirot in the middle and we call them Zeran Pin. So we call Chesed through Yesod, we just call that Zeran Pin. Vayinyan Hu, when we talk about the vessels alone, meaning the material of the emanated alone, what's, what's the material of the emanated? It's the desire to receive, it's the vessel. So when we're talking about the vessel and the vessel alone, that's when we talk about the four phases. Why the four phases? Because it's the four phases of the desire to receive. That's the, that's the deepest essence of the desire to receive. That's, so that's what we're talking about. And when we're talking about only, if we're only talking about the light that's going to go into these vessels, 
הרי אנו מכנים אותם בשם נפש ואורך נשמה חיה יחידה. That's when we talk about, talk about these same, it's the same spiritual levels, but we give them a different name. We give them the names of the different five parts of the soul. נפש, רוח, נשמה, חיה יחידה. וכשאנו מדברים על הכלים בלבד, אלא שאנחנו צריכים להדגיש את רשימות ההרות. And when we're talking about the vessels, but we want to emphasize the רשימות, the leftovers of light that used to be there before the contraction. Remember, we had a completely fulfilled vessel. And then the contraction, the light left. But when the light left, it left behind, not even leftovers, it left behind kind of a carving within the vessel to prove that it was there once. So those reshimot, when we talk about the vessel and those reshimot together, שיש בהם בעת שהם רקנים מהאור המיוחס להם, אז מכנים אותם בשם קטר חוכמה בינה זרן פין מלכות. Then that's when we use the actual names of the Sfirot, Keter, Chochma, Bina, Zeranpin, which is Chesed, Tri, Yisod, and Malchut. Umekoram shel aseret hakelim anal, and the source of these ten vessels, hamechonim Keter, Chochma, Bechudu, that we call Keter, Chochma, Bina, all the way through to Malchut, hem nifchanim techef be'olam ha'tzimtzum, b'terem b'yat ha'kav. They were defined just after the contraction before the bringing of the line. Why specifically there? After the contraction, the light left. Now we have the marks that it left behind. Before the line comes, why before the line comes? Because when the line comes, now the light, start, now the light comes back in a different way to the vessel. So in between those two, and try not to think about it in physical time, we're just talking about in between two changes in form. In between those two, is where we have the definition of the ten sfirot with their given names. So to recap, vessels by themselves, four phases. Light that's going to go into the vessel, but we're only talking about the light. Five levels of the soul. Nefesh ruach chaya, nefesh ruach neshama chaya yechida. The vessel and the marks that the light left behind, Ketel Chochma Bina all the way through the Malchut. Benoda, Sha'af al Pisha'on is telek mehem, and we know that even though the light left the vessels, im kol zeu, with all of this, nishar bechol igul beigul, b'chinat reshima ma'or sha'yabo. Within every circle, we have the reshima, the mark, the impression of the light that was there. כלומר, הערה קטנה מאוד מכללות כל האור הקודם. What is that, what do we mean by an impression? It means a small amount of shining when compared to the amount of light that was there before, but it's there. נשארה בכל כלי, is left over in every vessel. שהערה זו גורמת השתוקקות אל הכלי. This, what's left over is what gives the, the vessel its desire. Meaning what? The vessel now cannot rest until all of the light, all of the light returns. That it used to have in the same amount and in the same quality. This little shining that activates the desire is called Reshimo. An impression, leftover, mark, whatever term you'd like best. Vetida, shetochen ha-shemot shel eser sfirot, keter chokmah v'chulu, hem magdirim beikar et ha-reshimot shel ha-or, shenisharu be-aseret ha-kedim. And remember, this whole dictionary of terms that we have, keter chokmah bina, all the way through the malchut, refers to the reshimot that were left behind in the vessels. And from here you should know. There would be no desire within any of the worlds. It would not have been created. It wouldn't have been formed. There wouldn't even be a little bit of an awakening of desire. Above or below. In any of the four types of creations that we have in the physical world. Domem is inanimate objects. Tzomeach is plants. 
Chai is animals, Medabel is human beings. So there wouldn't be desire in any of, in any spiritual level, in any physical level at all. That aren't that don't that don't find their source within these ten sfirot, these ten circular sfirot that we've been talking about. There is no desire that can be revealed in all of creation and all of reality. If it didn't start off having light and then the light left. That's what creates all desire. Why do we have desires for things? Because we have a vessel that's empty now that used to be full. Maybe it wasn't full yesterday. Maybe it wasn't full a year ago. Maybe it hasn't been full since the endless light left the vessel. But it used to be full. And when that light left, that's what creates the desire. We've already talked about in length in the first part of the book. The desire to receive is not what causes the light to come down. We talked about this in length in the first part of the book. If you need a refresher, I suggest you go back. Or to its fulfillment. So the desire to receive is not the cause. Like most people think. Rather, it's the opposite. The light and the fulfillment are the driving force behind the desire. The desire to give that is found, that, that must be found within the upper light, meaning that's the definition of the upper light, is this desire to give. Gave birth to the desire to receive, which is in the emanated. So it's not you want something and then the light comes down. It's that the light wants to come down and therefore you want it. Why? Because whatever the upper light wants to give, a desire for it is created automatically down here. So the upper light is made into the cause. So the upper light is the cause for the revelation of the four phases within the emanated. And the four phases, as we know, is the source of all the desires that are revealed within all the different worlds. How is it possible that any desire could be could be found without this without this cause, without this pushing force? Without this upper light to create it. So again, the upper light creates the desire. The light that wants to give creates the desire for that same light. To say that there's any desire that doesn't come from the upper light that wants to give, Ravashlag is saying, is exactly like saying that there is some animal on this planet that doesn't have something that gave birth to it. Maybe not the mammal version of giving birth, but every animal has its way of procreating and it came from something else. I came from my parents, they came from their parents, going all the way back. Gam kval yadata, you also already know. Asher sof kval kvuim vekayamim. We already have within the endless. Kol ha-metziyut v'chol ha-briyot v'aruhuyim sh'yavo Within the endless, we already have all of reality, all of creation, is already included within the endless. In kol ha-chavatam, v'tachlit f'yaratam v'shlemutam, ha-atid itgalot ba-olamot b'shvilam. In all of their completeness, in all of their glory, that will ever be revealed in in the future of the world. And therefore, all the desires, all the desire to receive that will ever be revealed or that ever were revealed, are also already included within the endless. And they all 
and those desires have already been fulfilled within the endless. And this perfection, this fulfillment, is the concept of the upper light. So, all of reality, all the desire within that reality, and all the fulfillment of those desires is all included within the endless. But this we already covered in the first part. So what's new? Now you, now you can understand well. Now you can understand what exactly is Reshimot, what are these marks, and it's a very important concept. After the contraction and after all of this completeness and all this fulfillment left, that used to be within the four phases, which are which we're going to call the ten circles. So what is what do we mean by these by these leftovers? We mean that they were impressed, they were impressed, that they were carved into these circular vessels. All these desires that were fulfilled and have now lost their fulfillment are carved into the ten vessels. And now, because they miss what they used to have, they lust after it, they desire it, that's what creates the desire within the vessels, and that's what we call Reshimot. So the memory of the light that used to be there is what creates the desire. And this that we said above, that there would be no formation of desire in any of reality, whether it's in the upper worlds or in the physical world, that won't, so there's no desire that won't be rooted in these ten circular spheres. There's two roots that come before reality, before all of the worlds. What worlds? All the worlds that were created after the contraction. So the first one is, So one root is that Every desire was fulfilled at some point. Back in the endless, every desire was fulfilled. And this is the reality that is found within the endless. And the second root to everything. So now we have the second root, which is all of these Desires stand unfulfilled. The vessels are empty. This is the world of the contraction. So all of reality can be broken down into two sources and the combination between the two. It was once fulfilled and now it's not. When it's fulfilled, there's no desire because it has what it wants. When it's unfulfilled, there is a desire because it remembers what it used to have. So all of the vessels that are within all of the emanated things are drawn from the world of the contraction. Because it must be. It has to be empty vessels. And desires that lost their fulfillment. And all of the fulfillment for all these desires, all of the fulfillment for, this ves- for these vessels, are drawn from the endless. And remember well these two knowledges. These are extremely necessary things to remember to continue learning this wisdom. Again, 
we have all the vessels and all the desires in the world stand unfulfilled. It comes from the world of the contraction after the light left. Why do they exist? Because the light used to be there and left. And all of the fulfillment for those desires, all the light for those vessels comes from the endless. Moving on. So now we're going to talk about this phenomenon that the Ari explained, that the Ari described of the line moving a little bit, then there's a circle, moves a little bit more, then there's another circle. Don't make a mistake to think. That it was drawn and flattened out. Don't think that way. So we're not saying that we're stretching out the line, that we're pulling it down physically. We're saying anytime something goes down, when we say it's going down in a spiritual sense, it means it's becoming more physical. It's changing its form farther away from the endless. So if something is more pure light... That's considered up. If it's if it's materializing and becoming more physical, that's farther down. And how do we where are the goalposts for most materialistic and most spiritual? So we have the fourth phase. Everything that's closer to the fourth phase is considered more materialistic farther down. And everything that's farther away from the fourth phase is more pure light. So when we have the words and it's drawn a little bit, that it materialized a little bit. And the word drawn, we're talking about the line, the light that comes through the linear vessel. And the, the idea of this drawing, within every sphira, you have ten sphirot. So they have ten sphirot within ten sphirot. Which is called the Ten Sfirot of Circles. Remember we said that the Ten Sfirot of Circles are concentric circles, ten concentric circles. So now we have the Ten Sfirot of Circle and ten, and ten Linear Sfirot. How do we set this up? Like this. So now Malashag is going to tell us exactly step by step how this system was built. So when this line first came from the endless, it first came in the first three sfirot, that's Keter Chochma Bina, of the linear sfirot of Keter. So we have the level of Keter is the first sfira. Within that, you have another ten sfirot. So Keter Chochma Bina, the linear ones of Keter, came out first. Which is called, these first three are called the head of Keter of, of the straight sfirot, the, li- the linear sfirot. Why do we call it the head? The first three Svirot, Ketochma are always called either Gar, which means Gimel Rishonot, the first three, or Rosh, which means head, because those are the first three. And from there, it shined to the circular Svirot within Keter, within the first Svirot, which also has ten Svirot within it. Okay. So we have our first segment of the line that comes from the endless light. First, we have the first three sfirot within Keter of the linear 
light. And then we have the 10 sfirot, the 10 circular sfirot, circling that first part, just the first three sfirot. So you have 10 circular sfirot, circling the three linear sfirot within Ketel. So, so now we have the first three of linear spherots and the ten circular spherots surrounding them. After we finish that, now we have this minor drawing that we talked about. Or what are we? Why is it moving just a little bit? We had the first three sfirot within Keter of the linear light. Then we had all ten of the sfirot, of the circular sfirot. And now we have the final seven within Keter of the linear light. So we have Keter Chochma Bina, linear, ten circular sfirot around it, and then we finish the final seven. באופן שזיין ספירות התחתונות אלו של קטר הקו נמשכו למטה, כלומר שנתאבו ביותר מכל עשר ספירות דקטר של עיגולים. ועל כן על זיין ספירות התחתונות אלו אין סובבות עוד שום מבחינת העיגולים, להיות העיגולים עליונים מהם, כלומר זכים מהם. So why, why did Rashi describe it specifically in that order? Because we're talking about closeness, spiritual closeness and distance to the fourth phase. So first, Keter Chochma Bina, the linear light, that's far from the fourth phase. The ten, ten circular Sfirot surround the linear, of the first three of the linear Sfirah, but they're not lower than it, which means they're on the same level. The last seven are lower. They're closer to the fourth phase. So what do we learn from here? When we're talking about the relationship between the circular sfirot and the linear sfirot, in any one given level, what we've talked about right now is the first level, ketel, all ten circular sfirot within ketel are on the same spiritual level as the first three, ketel chokhmah bina, of the linear sfirot within ketel. And then the last seven of the linear sfirot within ketel are below. And we already know that if something's higher than another spiritual level, it means it's more pure spirituality, more pure light than whatever is below it. And now you can understand. So now you can understand why the circular sfirot are considered higher than the linear sfirot. There's no masach within the circular sfirot. This screen that is found within the linear sfirot stands in the middle of the sfirah. What's in the middle of the sfirah? So we have each sfirah, each spiritual level. And ten sfirot within that sfira. So where's the masach? Right after the head. So we said ketel chuma bina is the head. Right after bina, before chesed, that's where the masach is within the linear sfirot. Klomal mivchena achona shebegim la sfirot ve'ayeshonot de esal sfirot de yosher shnimtzot bechol sfira v'sorad de yosher. And this is found in every level of the linear light. We have the same screen, the same masach right after the head. So Keter Chochma Bina of Ketel, after Bina of Ketel, Masach. Keter Chochma Bina of Bina, and remember this is all in the linear light. Keter Chochma Bina of Bina, right after Bina of Bina, Masach. Shtikot gam ken harosh de ota sfira. Bofen shema shamarnu shah masach niklal besfirot akav. When we said that the screen is included within the linear sfirot. We're talking about the seven sfirot, the seven linear sfirot that are found below the masach, the screen. Which is not the case in the first three of the linear sfirot, which is above the screen. 
שנקרא ראש, which is called the head. אין בהן עוד מבחינת מסך. They don't have this concept of the מסך, the screen. שהרי נמצאות למעלה מהמסך, because they're above it. ועל כן ג' ראשונות אלו דומות לגמרי לכל עשר ספירות הדגולים. And that's why these first three ספירות are very similar and on the same level as all ten of the circular ספירות that are surrounding them, because they too don't have the מסך. That's their similarity in form. כן ואלו אין בהן עוד מבחינת מסך, ועל כן הן עומדות מבחינת אחת. And that's why they have the same spiritual level. ונבחן שעשר ספירות בכל ספירה של העיגולים מסובבות את גימל הראשונות בכל ספירה של הקו. So if you go every level down, so within Ketel you have 10 ספירות of Ketel, of 10 circular ספירות of Ketel, surround 3 linear ספירות of Ketel. And then at Chochma you have 10 circular ספירות of Chochma, surround 3 linear ספירות of Chochma. אמנם זין הספירות התחתונות של כל ספירה ושל הקו, but the, what about the other seven in the linear ספירות? הנמצאות כבר למטה מהמסך, which are found below their respective מסך, והמסך כבר נכלל בהן. הן גרועות הרבה מבחינת העיגולים בנודע. They already have the screen, the concept of this מסך, included within them, and they are lower, they're less... less close to light, far, closer to phase 4. Whenever we say that something is worse than or less than, we call it lower. But we're not, we're not talking about physical height, we're talking about spiritual level. Which is why they're considered lower than all of the ten circular ספירות, ואין שום בחינה של עיגולים יכולה להימצא במקום זין ספירות אלו. And there can be no concept of circular within these seven lower ספירות, because why? They're below the screen, they're below the מסך, they have that concept within them. The circular ספירות have no מסך, they have no screen, they can't relate. להיות העיגולים חשובים ומעולים מהם, כמובן. And that's why the circular spherot are considered more important or higher than the seven linear spherot. ואינני מתבאר היטב, and now it has been explained, שיש מקום פנוי בין כל ספירה וספירת העיגולים. Now we know we have open space in between the, each level of ten circular spherot. The ten, so circular spherot of Ketel, are only within the, only on the same level as the three linear spherot of Ketel. But then you have this, the next seven linear spherot of Ketel, they don't have anything surrounding them. And the next time you see circular spherot is within the three linear spherot of, the first three linear spherot of Chochmah. And then those are surrounded by the ten circular spherot of Chochmah. And what's the size, what's exactly how far is the distance? It's the exact size, remember we're not talking about physical size, we're talking about spiritual distance, meaning how, how much change in form. So how much of a change in form? Exactly the size of the seven spiritual levels, the seven linear spherot that are below the masach, below the screen. ככל עשר ספירות דגולים של הספירה דה קטר, all ten ספירות, all ten circular ספירות that are within קטר, מסובבות רק על גימל ספירות הראשונות דה קטר של קו. Only, only circle, the first three linear ספירות of קטר. אמנם זין ספירות התחתונות דה קטר הקו נמשכות למטה מכל עשר ספירות דה קטר העיגולים. The next seven linear ספירות of קטר are drawn below those ten circular spherot and the three linear spherot. And after we finish drawing the lower seven spherot, the lower seven linear spherot of Ketel, only after we finished all of Ketel, Do we start to draw the first three spherot of Chochmah, the first three linear spherot of Chochmah, 
which are and then they're surrounded by the ten circular sefirot of Chochmah. Between the last part of Ketel, of the circular Ketel, until the first part of Chochmah, of the circular Chochmah, there's an open space between them. What do we find there? We find the seven linear sfirot from Keter. And this continues on for all ten sfirot. One more time to make sure it drives home and feel free to watch this part as much as you want. I know it was a little bit confusing. I was, it took me around 800 times to read it over to make sure I remembered it. So we start off, you have the first three linear sfirot of any given level. Then of that same level, you have all 10 circular sfirot that surrounds them. Just below, you have the masach, the screen, and then you have the next seven. So let's say netzach, for example, you have Ketel Chochmah Bina of Netzach, of linear Netzach. Then you, and then surrounding those, you have all ten circular sfirot within Netzach. Then you have the Masach, the screen. And below that, you have Chesed Buratiferet Netzachot Yesod Malchut of linear Netzach. We covered a lot of ground today, and we got a lot of very confusing terms that I suggest you go over and over again until you remember them. One thing I'd like to take away, so that it's not all just dictionary terminology, is to really drive home this point that our desire doesn't cause the light to come down. You don't want it unless the light wants to give it to you. And I want to just this week think about that. Think about this idea that why do you want something? Because the light wants to give it to you. Why can't you have it? There's some sort of blockage, some sort of masach. The vessel isn't ready. So, and you know, I'm guilty of this as well. Instead of complaining about why you're not getting something, think about how do you become ready to, to get it? If you want it, that means the light wants to give it to you. But you need to be ready. Have a great week.